Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to talk with you guys about unnecessary words. Now, we all do this. I can't think of a single person in the world that could just stand up and raise their hands high and say, you know, I cut all unnecessary words. I'm a genius at this. No, but I do believe that there are some writers better at it than others the issue with me is that I'm not one of those yet I'm kind of hanging out there in the middle and I'm gonna explain to you one why you need to do so and two why you need to continue to practice it so there's gonna be certain words that we're gonna use that we don't need to and I'm talking about words like pretty and just and never and in order to, oh my gosh, if I told you guys how many times I would catch myself in academic writing using in order to, <laughs> and Grammarly would say, eh, you did it again. I mean, if Grammarly had a noise and we could turn it to like a South Park edition, oh my gosh, that would be hilarious because it would truly at least make me you know, laugh as I'm going through and editing. But I'm telling y'all, there are words that we can definitely learn to cut. And we can make a list. You can go on Google and you can find a list. Yes, they make them. I'm serious. So here's where this came from. Okay, so I love to join mailing list. Now, if you want to have a, you know, if you have a work email I would not encourage you to you know join mailing lists with your work email but I've got my Jen Lowry writes email specifically for my writing world and of course when I'm on looking up and researching and you know when I have found some really good content I'm going to subscribe to a mailing list or a newsletter because I can always unsubscribe later but I love to read about the author community and I like to see how other authors are sending out their stuff. So yesterday, Greg Turnquist, he sent out an email and if you haven't followed him, you can. You can go online and find him. And in the email, there was a video attached to it and it was about how a best-selling author pretty much tore up his first pages of his book and he actually clocked the video on YouTube where he shows the author saying, nope, 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 cross this out, this is tailing, nope, this is an extra word, he didn't need this, he doesn't need this, of course we know it's like this because it's, I mean, he gave explicit direction as he was doing it. And when I was watching this author 
pretty much cut up you know he pretty much massacred that first page and then it came out with such a clean product that read completely different i said there we go my editing is coming i've got to get better at this before the summer i've got to there's no other choice because if i don't get it in as pristine shape as i can humanly possibly you know humanly possible if i don't get it like that then when i start querying and i'm trying to get an agent they're going to look at that first five or ten pages and they're going to say gosh she uses a lot of flowery mess she uses just too much junk and it, it would take a lot for an editor to get through her you know weeds to get to her actual vegetable garden i mean i really don't want that to ever happen to me again and i do believe that in the past i did not go in with as a critique as a critical eye as i should have because i was very close to my story and i am so thankful that i have an expert professional editor with my publishing company who is absolutely phenomenal and who helped take those weeds out and it would be a that here or there it would be a you know a reword here or there or it would just be you know a whole paragraph taken out because i pretty much repeated myself i mean guys we've got to recognize that we're gonna have little nuances with our writing that unless we catch them we're going to continue to do them in all of our manuscripts and so i challenge us to learn them now here's the way that you can better yourself first you've got to identify what your problem is what words are you overusing first i mean those to me are the easiest ways to cut calories in your paper because we've got that beautiful find button and so when you go to find and you type in the word pretty or if you type in the word just or never and then and then listen there's a long list of these words do not just go with these go online and you can look them up and you can say unnecessary words that authors often use when writing or something you will find a list of words that have just been built over time where authors have you know struggled doesn't mean that it's going to be your word but it doesn't hurt to look I have an issue in the past with the word that. Well, that's changed. <laughs> I cleaned it up. I understand when I see it, I'll say, oh, I can drop that off there. I can drop B off. I can drop. And, and so I'm starting to notice. That's why I said I'm kind of hanging out in the middle. I'm not saying that I'm all the way over, you know, to the right of this. I'm more wrong than anybody, okay? I'm, I'm chief at this, okay, when it comes to having some mistakes. But I'm getting there because I have become more reflective and more open-minded to understand that I am going to have to do a better job at something. 
And so I, I think the first thing is um, identifying what words you're you know struggling with or that you're patterning in your book. There's another thing that you need to check out. You need to check out not only words, but your phrases, your action. Because how many times, you know, in a book do you say, you know, they shrugged? Because I'm telling you now, you don't see an adult walking around, you know, shrugging every other page in their life they're just like well, i don't know what do you want to do i don't know what do you, you know that old disney cartoon and they would just shrug their shoulder i don't know what do you want to do guys we got to be careful with that because i found myself using phrase words for actions and i'm like this is dumb it's just stupid like why did I do that? It's like, that's my go-to. Yeah, you can have a go-to Bible verse. You don't need to have a go-to action all the time. So you need to vary up your phrasing. And just make sure, you know, you can type in shrugged. Just to, just to have some fun, see if you're doing it. You know, there's other keywords that you can look up to in phrases. So you need to try to identify what are your taglines as well and you don't have to change said every time now i've done one on this i did a lot of research on that because i wanted to make sure that i was tagging dialogue the best that i could because i love character dialogue i think that is the power of my story is the conversations between the people that really gets to the heart of who these people are in my story but I will tell you you know you can't always keep these little writing ticks and hold on to them when you've got to be able to remove some of that and vary it up and shorten it up it doesn't mean that you always need to have the tags so some of that is completely unnecessary because if the two of them talking and you've already established who's talking, just go right on in and have the conversation. You know, you're sitting at the table together. Um, the only other person that's going to be talking is if a waitress comes up, takes your order. I mean, let's get to the, you know, the heart of cutting unnecessary because if we don't it's going to slow the reader down and if you are working with YA audiences you are going to lose a, a youth you're going to use lose the youth in it so I would really encourage you to consider the pacing because then what happens so I watched that model yesterday on that video and guys I learned through video I do i I love it. I love that I have YouTube now. Um, it's really going to help me do better with my editing. There's so many YouTube videos on this. So I'm not saying this is the only one. You know that. You go out and you research. and You build yourself a playlist on how to be a better editor for your own work. But, you know, after watching that video and I saw it, it just became a little clearer. And it read so like so much better and I said I want to get to that point where I have those kind of eyes to where that author did it in such a quick stroke of the of the pen like I mean he did on computer screen but you know what I'm saying like he just did it like super fast 
Now, I do not... I don't, my mamas told me, never say never. You see, we should have listened to our mamas because never's used a lot in words, <laughs> in books. <laughs> but I do not want to become an editor. That's something that I do not find joy from. There are many people that are editors, and I'm very happy that that's what they love to do. My niece could be an excellent editor. Um, she loves grammar. She actually... And she's um, getting ready to graduate high school. And she actually makes sure all of her texts um, are properly formatted before she hits send. And then if you send her one, my, uh, my niece told me that, you know, she'll check it. I'm like, okay, she might need to go into the field of editing. She might. That might be something really good for her. But that's not for me. But I need to take responsibility for my own manuscripts, my own work. I need to do better. And when I'm working with Grammarly, I'm really seeing with other people's work. So you guys know that I'm a content expert for two students. And I'm running it through Grammarly. And I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing things, and I'm going, wow, I'm kind of hanging out in the middle here now. But that's because I'm with someone else's work. Now, you realize that it's easier to look at someone else's work more than our own work, I think. That's just my personal opinion. Okay, I'm basing this on experience. You can kind of catch it. You can pick it up. But then we're just going to have to step away and we're going to have to come back in it with a new perspective and really take some time before we send our manuscript out by letting beta readers take it and get a hold of it. And if you have a weak area and you say, look, beta readers, I'm going to give you a list of things to look out for. Ask for those things. Ask for particular pacing, for um, a lag in a scene if it's too descriptive. You know, find out what you're doing. What are your patterns? Now, my friend did something that I think is genius. She had someone look at her work together. So the first time, if you've not listened to Pooja's interview with me, we did one last week. For her new book, Unveiling Jesus Through the pa- through His Passion. And she talked about her process of editing. And that has really sparked me to become very reflective. Because I understand that I have not had a process yet. And so that's what got me, you know, really diving into this. And trying to prepare myself. So yes, I'm pretty much going to editing school on my own to learn as much skill as I can before the summer hits. So her process, and I love listening to authors' journeys because their processes are different, but her process was the first time she wrote her book, she got an editor. The second time she wrote her book, she got an English teacher to help her and sit down with her and teach her, and then she got an editor. Her third time, she did it herself, and then she got an editor. But what are you understanding with this process? What am I telling you? I'm telling you that each time she knew that she still needed another set of eyes. And she was also having someone beta read as well. So it's not like she was, you know, neglecting the beta read side of this for the content. 
but she was still holding on to an editor to go over her work and she found an editor that was affordable because there are some out there and she talked about that about how expensive they can be but she did most of the work on her own now wouldn't it be lovely if we could submit something and we get it back and it says it's perfect exactly like it is now i know how that feels because i was with a contract um in march at the beginning of march i went to a training and then i had some freelance work and the, the director said this is usable i mean i can use it right now thank you this is this is done okay i'm sending you another email and so, yes, you take pride in that, you you know, but it was a short burst. It wasn't something like, you know, a long, extensive novel piece or a short story. And that's where I think maybe that I can lose myself when I'm writing something that is a lot longer. Now, when I'm writing my blogs, that's a conversation between me and my reader. So that blog probably has a lot of my slang in it it probably has too many unnecessary words even though my friend who is an expert blogger she told me 500 words or less she told me that in 2014 she was like nobody really wants to read past 500 words on a blog and you've got to learn how to cut 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 down to it now at the beginning of my blogging i used to be very tedious with that and i would look at my number count and if I was over, I would find, you know, ways to cut it. But now I just get on and I have a quick conversation and I hit submit. And I think that's because of the, the busy life that I leave. And I still want to give content to my readers. But, you know, she taught me early on about you really need to look at that and you need to cut. And I know that there are areas of my trilogy that I have to cut. And if I told you guys that if you've got like, okay, so with the word count, I have, I'm thinking, the last time I looked, so so do not quote me on this, but it was over 100,000 words for my book one of my uh, Paranormal YA. And I have three books that I'm hoping will one day get picked up well, nobody, I mean, Twilight did it with 100,000 maybe. I know Stephanie Meyer's first book um, was reaching a high number like that. I had Googled that once. But nobody's going to really probably want to look at me like that. They're probably going to want me to shave off a lot. And I know that I got a lot of unnecessary mess in there. And I've got to figure it out before the summer because... I just feel led that that's the one that I need to shape up right now and get ready. So, how am I going to do that? I'm going to research. I'm going to do a seek and find. I'm going to do it because I know I got a lot of Mr. Hyde's up in there. They're hiding. And it's words that I commonly use. It's phrases I commonly use. I'm going to start cutting the mess out of that stuff. So, have you fun one day. Pick you a Saturday, wake up really early in the morning, get yourself some coffee, and go down and do a find of unnecessary words and start there. 
That seek and find is the easiest technique. And if you see that you've used just 8,654 times, then you've probably got an issue. And just think, if you cut that one word out, now you're down to 90,000 words almost. And then you can find if you used, you know, always, then you can cut that down and you can cut this down. And then once you kind of get through just the easy editing piece where you're cutting out words, that's, now listen, I, can't, I know I have a problem with that, but I can't put that in find. I can just do that when I'm reading through it, um, uh, you know, from each paragraph, you know, from each chapter. And the editing, you know, we can get better at it over time if we use supports like Grammarly and watch and learn with what Grammarly is telling us what we're doing. Like, whatever it is that we're doing, Grammarly is going to give us this little um, notification with it and tells us the reason why we could do it in a different way before you just click on the word that replaces it. And then, like Pooja said, you got to be the boss of Grammarly, too, because as authors, we still have to determine which word, this, you know, works in that particular area. And it might be the word that we chose. We might have done that repetitive language for a reason. So I will tell you that, you know, just because you've got any kind of, you know, word processing check or anything, still take control over that. But use them. Use them wisely. You know, <laughs> use them though. But then research what editors look for. What are editors doing? Talk to some editors. If you know someone, you know, say, look, I want to do this first. I want to, you know, comb through this. I would love it if you would give me some pointers on what you look for. You know, I've been putting out feelers out there to see if I can get some editors on the show, and I'm not getting any responses. One time, somebody was like, um, you know, how many listeners do you have? Oh, that's not enough for me. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to be on your show. I'm like, wow. Okay, thank you. And I've got to get out there, you know, any editors out there that want to give tips to all of us who are kind of at the beginning stages or in the middle. Or if we've got some narcissistic people in the world and say, I'm perfect at everything, <laughs> then they're not. And then they need to swing back to the middle a little bit and get humble. Um, talk to us. Because we all can improve in this area. So that's going to be one of my research goals. Yes, I'm still looking up publicity and marketing. If anybody is following my Pinterest pages, you can see yesterday that I did social branding. I was looking up Instagram and Twitter, and I watched this really great video last night, um, and I was falling asleep to it, and it wasn't because they were boring. It was just because it was really late. <laughs> But I was falling asleep to video influencers. Um, I subscribed to their channel, and they had a great, um, they had great things to say about Twitter engagement and learning the platforms. And they were going through the different platforms. And you know, I was actually talking about that yesterday because somebody messaged me about when should they start their social media, when should they start their platforms, and so. 
I decided to go online and see if there was any new up-to-date information, the things that I had not experienced that I needed to, to practice, and of course there always is. Um, so that's another good video, uh, video influencers, um, video series that talks about how to build your social media. But so th there's other videos that are going to be out there in the world that are going to help you with an area you might need improving in. And I'm saying, let's take this editing role seriously. So that way, when you do send it off and an editor catches things, then you're like, oh, great. Now I've got this. I need to write this down because I find that I'm doing this a lot. And then you can learn and know that you'll still get caught. You know, there's still going to be some things that an editor is going to catch even if we practice this but the point is to try to get your writing as smooth and professional as you can before the query and you've got to you know not just take particular attention and care to the first five or the first ten pages because then what if you only do those pages and then you get this great response back and you you get well send me the next 50 or send me the entire manuscript today and you're like today wait I only did like the first five or only did the first ten and I was gonna spend the rest of my time focusing on that I say edit your work first then get it ready to send to an agent not just the beginning but you do need to pay you know pay particular interest um, to the beginning but you still have to do it all because you never know like when I had my exorcist series and I was trying to get an agent for that one when I sent it out it was immediate within hours you know let me see the whole manuscript I love horror and I was so excited and when I sent it off then it was well I really just could not get involved um, as much with the characters so then I was like okay so that hurts me because I'm big on character development so let me go back and let me go in and see what's quite missing with these characters because just because I love you know these this group of this cast of you know this crew doesn't mean that other people are seeing that and, and seeing their quality. So now I need to go in and not only edit for that kind of issue, I need to pull that one back out and edit it to make sure that I have richly developed my characters and given the reader the sense of who they are and moved them from my head and my heart. And so this stuff takes time. But anytime you get some feedback like that, no matter how much that feedback hurts, you can turn that feedback for good. And it might not always be, you know, appropriate feedback. It might just be somebody who, you know, had a lot on their plate and they really didn't, you know, take the time in to read it or they were just glancing over and they were having other issues going on and, and maybe it just was raining outside and it just wasn't their day I don't know but most of the time when people are taking the time to give you constructive feedback then really take it to heart and be reflective on it and just see if you can you know find those areas too to you so you can improve your work 
So I hope that this has been helpful to you guys. You see what I'm researching. You see what Pooja has me doing. And it all stemmed from having that author conversation and hearing how she was adapting and evolving and just really growing in the writing craft. And I was like, well, I'm trying to grow in other areas. We all have our areas that we need. But I have identified way before that the editing was something that I also needed to add to my list to grow in. And with me knowing that I've got to cut that that novel, I know why there's so many words in there. It's because they're unnecessary. I already have that feeling in my spirit that lets me know that some of these simple tools like seek and find is going to help me and looking at my phrases is going to help me. But that's not the only thing that I'm going to have to like look for. I need to understand the art of editing because it is an art it is an expertise that I don't have but just like running a business there are certain tools and certain rules of the trade that people do when they run their business yes they have to keep receipts yes you know they have to keep inventory yes they have to you know customer service that and I mean so there's rules for everything, and editors have their own set of guidelines in their head that they've just practiced so much, and they have a great eye for it. I just need to learn what those rules are, or general rules that they look for, so that way I can play that role. And then I can practice that role in my own work. And so I think it would make us just stronger writers. And it will continue to help us, you know, appreciate the role of editors in our lives. And understand that, you know, what they can contribute is priceless. Like, I am forever grateful that, you know, I was placed with an editor that knew my heart of the story and you know there was nothing that was completely gutted out that it was a compromise there was nothing suggested that would be a compromise of my beliefs or or who I am or you need to do this and that and it wasn't harsh or critical or mean it was straightforward and it was fix this <laughs> and it landed in a soft place because I knew um not only did I know that they were right, but I knew that this was an area that I needed to improve on. But I've not done that work to better myself since then. I've been focused on other things. Well, I was quickly reminded yesterday I had to go back to work and spring break was over. But that also means that I have something else in my sights now. As soon as teachers finish with spring break... We know how close we are to summer. You know, our final exams are going to stress us out. Our exams are going to worry us until that day comes when, you know, that last test is done. We're going to worry and stress. We've got a month and two weeks left. So that means I've got a month and two weeks. And then it's on to me learning, you know, some of just these tricks that I can apply to my own life by YouTubing, by reading editor blogs, 
by reading, editing, you know, editor research. So they're out there. Pinterest is filled with them. Um, the internet is filled with them. Editors are holding blogs. They've got their own channels going. Subscribe to them. Um, I've started doing that just because I see that my channel isn't growing. I'm like, you know, every time I get a chance, I'm going to subscribe to somebody who's really out there giving us content that is productive. And I have to reevaluate my content as well. So that's something that video influencers, their tips about the delivery of value, um, that's been on my heart. And I'm like, maybe that's why over all of these years, you know, I haven't been able to grow my subscribers is because maybe I'm all over the place and I've got to figure out ways to really um, get my presence known on YouTube so I can build my channel um, you know, those are some things that in the past, I didn't have this four-step process. That was only discovered from the Holy Spirit this year. And so I didn't research my branding and my social media as much as, you know, I've been doing now. I didn't research how to publicize my work and and how to, you know, increase my video editing and, and work on my content and plan it out but you know i'm gonna get better i'm gonna grow because this is the life that i want this is the life that i secretly want now i'm telling you because we should share our dreams you know i want the author life full-time don't we all and it takes hard work it takes research it takes connecting, it takes contacting, and it takes courage. The courage to know and identify and reflect and improve and grow and continue to push limits. And so when I know what my limitations are, the minute that I, you know, say, okay, new focus, new task, you know, this has got to be a place where I've got to live for a while because it's only going to make me a stronger writer. And that's what I need to do if I want the longevity in this field. I don't want the one-hit wonder. I don't want Ice Ice Baby. You know, I want the Jay-Z of the writing career. You know, how can, you know, I do that? Well, one, I've got to continue to improve as a writer. I've got to continue to hone the craft. I've got to continue to read and research. So what limits have you placed on yourself? Let's remove them. Identify them. You know, my limit is time. Well, there is a line from Tolkien... And we were reading Lord of the Rings last night. And, you know, I'm reading that in homeschool. And I cannot quote him. And, you know, I'm driving. But there was a line from Tolkien about um, when Frodo says that, you know, that he wishes that that time wasn't during his lifetime. And, you know, there's a line in there that we can take. And maybe I'll find that line and I'll make an image for it. And put it up on my um, Instagram and my Twitter today. Because it, it really hit me when I was reading it with Sam. And I said, okay, Sam, i got to read this line again. 
And it was, you know, we have to use the time that we've been given. That this is all we've got. And I reread it. And I said, this applies to life. This applies to what's going on with me right now. And it's all about priority. And it's all about goals. And what do we see ourselves? And what do we need to do? And how do we need to get there? And not everybody needs this. Not everybody needs this particular podcast. But maybe somebody does. I know I do. And the point of the Jen Lowry Writes podcast is kind of to capture the journey that you know I'm on as an author and have a platform for other authors to tell their stories and maybe to encourage you to let you know that you're not alone in this process so happy cutting not people words all right bye If you're looking for my challenge devotionals on Amazon, go right on over and type in Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry and you'll see my 30-day everyday mom challenge, my 30-day teacher challenge, fingerprint curriculum for my homeschool families, and one that's closest to my heart is the Happy Renewal Year challenge devotional. I dare you to go and check them out today. You can also find that they're on Kindle Unlimited because I want you guys to have access. I often put them up for free uh, promotional items. I'll do countdowns. Um, So that way you can grab one. You can gift them with a friend. You can share them out on your sites. And people can go on this journey with us. In December of 2019, look out for the release of my author challenge devotional. I'm looking forward to that one and sharing it with you. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.